Welcome to my basement, everybody. Hey. Especially you, Mr. Scott you know C. What? Jones. I kept thinking, what if we had a morning show? Vic and Scott in the morning. Welcome. Wake up with Vic and Scott. How early Ooh. would we have to get Ooh. up? Early. Like how early? Well, our morning show would go on at like 11. Okay, 11. I can do 11. <laughs> can we do a, sort of a, a mid-morning? Once you've had your misto, several <laughs> mistos. I would need to be caffeinated. I'd need some eggs in me. Yeah. And uh, I'd, need, uh, I'd need to do my morning poop. And then we'd be ready right. to go. Jesus, it then, always comes back to the poop. Well, just, You're making just, it weird uh, at the beginning Just today. around you. You know, I got to tell you something. I got a complaint here. Oh, okay. Complaint department. Here we go. New segment on the show. the complaint department. Listen, I was using the men's room at the office recently. Oh, no. And I'm wondering who uses these toilets because it's like... (laughs) We we do do have 30 cows go in there. Or 40 people in the company. (laughs) And then there's... It's like a cow uses these things. But we're not not alone in the building. There's lots of other offices around us in the office. And it's, it's just like... It's like... What is wrong with these people? They should be checked. You know what it is? Something fiber. is not right. Fiber. No. Very, very handy. People well, sh- people need more of it. Or maybe go at home. You have one at home. You have uh, yeah, your very own. You're one of those. You yes. can't you can't go into bathrooms. Nope, I haven't taken a road poop in 11 years. <laughs> Which is makes it really uncomfortable. You get all bloated by the 6th no, or 7th day on a road bloated. trip. I go in the morning the way you're supposed to at the one that I have at home. Right. That's mine. Yeah, but what if these, you're what if you're in these a are different for emergencies? They're not to We go really there. did make this weird at the beginning. You know, I used to work with a guy who'd bring his coffee into the men's room in the morning. He'd sit and he'd take the paper and the coffee and go sit in there and oh, drink his man. coffee and take his Oh, man. Wow. Is he dead now? Anyway, I don't know where he is. He was a very strange man. How you doing? What's going on in your life? What's new? What do you uh, want to talk about? Uh, I'm uh, I'm exceedingly happy that the sun shines in uh, Vancouver every okay. once in a while. I looked at the forecast. It is just a series of oranges at this point. That's great. That's what happens. Once it turns to May in this city... It just starts to shine like San Diego around here. I love it. I yeah. keep taking pictures of spring trees and flowers and things like that on, on my Instagram. So if anybody's Why following. Why don't you go smell them or touch them? Instead I, of I do. Trying I, to, you I, try to steal I, the soul of these trees and flowers I, with your machine. I, well, I, I noticed them now. I can't believe it. This is a whole new thing for me in my do? life. You're going to take all these photos and then what? You're never going to have time to look at them. Just I, go look at the trees and the flowers and smell them. I do. They're, they're, it's, it's a oh, very cool, momentary, beautiful thing. That, okay. that takes me away from the video game and movie world that we're always in. We did see Iron Man 3, though. We did. Can we talk about it? Yeah, this yes. will be on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. It was okay. It was awesome. It was Come on. Awesome. Come on. Jesus Come on. Christ. Lift it up from okay. You, you Tell me how you would make a better Iron oh Man my, 3 well, movie. Well, if, if you wanted an Iron Man 3 movie, this is about the best one you could hope there for. There you go. Sure. Awesome. Right. It's All not, right. It's not awesome. awesome. The character's awesome. The Godfather the, is awesome. This is Goodfellas awesome. Goodfellas is awesome. This is the Goodfellas of, Ir- of oh, Iron Man superhero movies. Come on. Like, what else are you going to do with this thing? Put it back Shane in your Black. pants. Killed it with this experience, with this unbelievably cool movie, with I all kinds it was of above average. It was fantastic. It was okay. Come on, and what, get come it up on for where? some superheroes. Yeah, how hard is it to make one of these? All of those people collaborating Cares. to build you that get beautiful a guy in a thing. Suit, you put a cape on somebody, it automatically gets a fucking seven from you. I love that shit. I know you. Do. I, I love it. It's like I, you know, it's like I'm 13 years old. I blink. I I, uh, I talk to I dream of Jeannie, and then she made all the movies that I love out of the, my dreams in my head. I still think the second one is better, more no. interesting. No. Yes. No. Mickey Rourke was awesome. But this was this was great. Guy Pierce is awesome. 
Ben Kingsley is incredible. Gwyneth Paltrow has more to do. I don't feel like fighting with you today. It Listen, was great. Come, I'm, you, I'm, we're not, I'm not doing You don't yet. put on your armor. We're going to fight. No. <laughs> Did you have a favorite of the armors at least? Can you answer that? I don't know. The Mark VI. What is a Mark VI was like one of the early ones. I don't ones. know which one that is. Did you like the red snapper? I, I didn't like how happy he was watching uh, Downton Abbey. What a tired joke that is! Like none it, of it, it was really well, bad. It, it's like, a movie. On. They made it. They made it a year ago. It was. Oh, it was. It was. Watching Downton Abbey. It's it was hilarious. a hit. It was a hit show a year ago, and that they thought it was still topical. Unfortunately, it's it's uh, jumped the shark. But you know that pisses is, you off in the movie. Why, why is, what Happy is watching. Why is Favreau so bloated? I'm worried about him. Come on, Favreau's sitting in editing suites and stuff like that. He's a, he's up on him. Just go for a fucking walk. Stop riding around on your Segway. Ease up on, ease up on the man. He's I a very smart, busy man. I love him. He's I'm fantastic. glad that he relinquished the reins. I'm worried about the diabetes, though. I'm, I'm glad he relinquished. Okay, you get, you take it personal. You take your pot shots. I'm glad he relinquished the, the reins. Pot shots. If you are fucking overweight, you're a candidate for heart disease and diabetes. That's true. And that's the way I say it, diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. Is that... Uh, is that your statement on the movie? Wilfred Brimley. Yeah, is that your statement on the movie right there? John Favreau is too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Come you on. Can, you could take some fat from Favreau and put it on Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, you He's could. like a skeleton with a wig. Wow. Like, come on. When, when are you starting at uh, Us Magazine? When, when, <sighs> when does that start? Next, next well, week? I thought I could be real, man. I you, thought you said, the, you said this, Scott, be real. Be real, yeah. yeah. Just well, don't, don't sound like you're, you're from the gossip rags. <laughs> I'm not from the gossip rags. <laughs> just a regular I, a Awesome movie. If you have a heart and you like Anna Pulse and you like superhero movies. I just like the fact that Tony Stark is such a weird pervert. He's a weirdo, yeah. He's a pervert. Right? And He's nobody else in the world beard. could play like, this that's guy. That's a perv beard. Like when, when he wants out, when, when Robert Downey Jr. wants out, and he does. I mean, you can see it in his face, even in this movie. It's like. Uh, you think so? He's got some resentment for the character. No, he loves or? it. But it's like, okay, how far do, how much money do I need? You know, like I'm, I'm sure when he wants to well, go. He likes money. I'm yeah. I'm sure he likes but the money. Come on. When he wants to leave and he's gonna. That is going to be the hardest role in the world to take over. Who the fuck could play Tony Stark after Robert Downey Jr.? Well, we saw Garfield step in for Tobey Maguire. This is different, though. I mean, this this character feels like Stan Lee and everybody that's touched this character for like 60 years built it for this actor. I can't imagine anybody else playing this guy. We'll find somebody. Look at Christopher Reeve and what an incredible okay. Superman he was. All right, touche. And uh, we've had other Supermen. And, right. Uh, well, we yeah. shall Dean see. Kane? Yeah. He yeah. was pretty good. <laughs> That's the conversation stopper yeah, right there. We're making it weird at the middle now. <laughs> hey, listen. I think someone's at the door scratching. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll let them in. Okay. Oh, man. We've got an awesome guest with us this week. Thank you for joining us. Michael Mando, the voice of Voss from Far Cry 3. Yes. And the guy that... Uh, with my partner in crime here, Scott Jones, gave away the Game of the Year at the Canadian Video Game Awards. So good to have you down here, brother. Great, thank you. A pleasure being here. Can you deal with the smell or are you okay with it? Is it okay? It's okay, yeah, I can deal with it. It sounds like we have him at the bottom of a well and then we just throw food down to him and then he puts the lotion in the basket. There is a well, there is a well in Vic's basement. Just to, It's for the torture scenes. We captured Michael Mando, yes, for the next 20 minutes or so. Do you want to know what the definition of insanity is coming into Vic's basement? Because it stinks. So how was your trip to Vancouver, Michael? Did you have a good time? It was a pleasure. I must say you guys were wonderful hosts. It was really fun getting to know everybody and um, 
to participate in the awards. It was a real treat. Awesome, man. Yeah, you, it was great to have you there. It was a, it was uh, it was a good buzz. I think people were really excited to see you live in in the flesh and looking identically to your character, which I think flipped everybody out a little bit there. Oh, it was a, it was a pleasure being there, and I want to congratulate you guys on a, on a wonderful fourth uh, award show. You know, I hope that Elias Tufexis is not listening to what I have to say next, but. <laughs> I can't stand that guy. I know, what an (laughs) asshole, right? But I feel like that when you showed up this year, there was this jolt of energy that just went through the whole place and lit up the place. And I I was in awe that I got the chance to meet you. Yeah, we... Thank you so much. You're being too kind, Scott. And I know Elias would probably echo the the sentiments as well. He was really keen on having you in the video stuff, which went all over the place. It was so awesome to see the reaction to that. And... uh, yeah, I think you really brought a terrific kind of vibe to the whole proceedings, man. It was uh, it was great. I was supercharged that that it was coming together that you were going to be out there for the awards with us and and also come to Fan Expo and it made a huge difference. So was it what you thought it was going to be? I know that you get invited to do a lot of different things. Were the awards uh, what you expected? Well, I tell you what, before I get into that, I mean, you guys threw me a really nice compliment and I have to throw it back because I mean, back, back to you guys, because you guys really made me feel among friends. And I really mean that. And uh, Elias Ophexis is a good friend of mine and he's a wonderful actor and we talk very often. So just to be surrounded by everyone and having that sort of very warm, welcoming feeling kind of brought, I think, um, that fun energy in all of us. Well, we also brought you on the show today to give you one last Canadian Video Game Award. You won Best Dressed at 2013's Canadian Video Game Awards. That jacket you were wearing was sweet. And in fact, uh, I would like to get one. Do you think they make them in my sizes? Of course they do. Giant. (laughs) That's funny. I had, uh, you know, Paula, Paula, John, she's um, Neil's girlfriend. She's also a voice actress. When she saw the jacket I was wearing, she said, it looks like a grandpa. Yeah. Oh, that's that's exactly what I go for with my wardrobe. Trying is it, to look more like a grandpa. Is that how nasty Toronto actors are to each other? They just <laughs> they just take pot I think, shots. I think her comment was she kind of looked me up and down. And she says your jacket is very interesting. Oh, oh man, that's and just cold. as you're about to go on stage. How nice! Great, it was great. That became an ongoing joke that we have. So I'm going to tell her that I that I won best dress just to kind of rub it in. I keep that joke going, yeah. <laughs> Rub it in. So listen, man, you uh, your character, uh, Indelible, and it won um, Best New Character at the CVAs. You were up on stage for that. And uh, you're the face of this game. And I'm really curious now, uh, this was your first video game that you ever worked on. Is that correct? It's actually my second. I've worked very briefly on one before that I try as much as possible not to mention because the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the performance wasn't able, didn't translate. Can I uh, can I can I tell you what it is? Yeah, I think you know what it is. Sean White skateboarding. Oh, really? He was Francisco. Oh my God, that's in awesome. That game. Yeah, that's awesome. So you worked yeah. with Ubisoft before, but I, I think you're so you know linked to this game, and it was so memorable and so cool, and and I think everybody was just you know incredibly happy with the way that it turned out, gamers and Ubisoft. What happens now with you in games? Have you been getting phone calls like crazy? Are people trying to find, uh, you know, Michael Mando? Maybe Voss isn't dead. Maybe maybe there's, maybe far, there's a spin-off. Four. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are, are, is there stuff cooking for you right now with video games? Actually, not at all. Really? <laughs> no, man. It, 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 Shit. It's, um, I think what happens in the video game world is that they, 
I think Voss made such a strong impact that I think people are maybe staying away from, like, it, I mean, it happened to Eli Stufexis. He was initially supposed to play a leading character at Ubisoft. And at the last second, when uh, Dusex did so well, mm-hmm. they backed up and they actually canceled his contract because they were afraid that he sounded too much like Adam Jensen. Oh, man. So I think unlike, unlike the gaming industry where, um, where I'm mean, sorry, unlike the film and TV industry where when an actor gets success on one part, they hire him on something else. I think video games tend to sometimes, I don't know, it's, it's maybe a bit different. Yeah. Well, it's also a weird time in the industry. People aren't going to go out. I mean, Michael's in a different category now. He's a star. Yeah. You got to pay him a lot more money than you would, <laughs> uh, you know. Well, no, I, I, I also think that there is a, um, a belt tightening that's going on with uh, you know, green lighting AAA games That's right now. That's what I was trying to say. No, you're I, you're I, saying it better than well, I Well, I just, I think there's less of them being made right now. So it's not even just the, the budgets that they're, they're going to pay for actors. I think there's just less made right now because the consoles are coming out. I think there's a little bit of a wait and see on what people are going to invest Maybe, on. Maybe, Michael, you could do sound effects like that Michael Winslow guy, <laughs> like a Pac-Man kind of a set, whoop, 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 something like that. No, Maybe. To be, to be honest, I've been really busy actually shooting um, orphan, film and television. You're in Orphan Black, books. right? Yeah, I'm in Orphan Black. I have actually, in, I'm those episodes that just aired Saturday. I'm in the one that's airing this Saturday as well. Episode six. And you're Vic in the show. Awesome. What a great name, Vic. Excellent name. I love that name. Yeah, his nickname is actually Vic the Dick. Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, well, that does, well, that doesn't work. Yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> not a good nickname. It's the character, you know, he's not, uh, he's not really written to be necessarily the most likable guy in the world. Well, here's what's happening with you. And I know you can, uh, you've seen this a little bit too. You're in the colony, which we just saw. And I, well, he's I, in the colony for like 30 I seconds. I know, but you know we what? We needed more. What happened yeah, to your Yeah, we part? want, we want they, more Michael Mando. cut you out of the, the colony? There must no, have been more Michael. You know what Michael. it is? I, I, I was just surprised that they put me in the trailer because I, I never had a big part in that movie. That movie was shot actually almost two and a half years ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. And um, I agreed to do it just because I knew I was going to work with uh, Lawrence Fishburne and I didn't really care how big or small the, the part was. And um, I actually ended up being in the trailer, which kind of gave the idea that I was very present in the film. Yeah. And that's why people are always, you know, sort of writing me up saying like, what the hell? We were expecting you to be a lot more in the film. Well, and they're connecting you to Voss. They're connecting you to a video game character, and I, I think that's got to be maybe the first in the industry. I mean, if Nolan North had a more visible presence on screen, they'd probably connect him to all of his roles. He, he's a wonderful actor, by the way. Nolan North, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's, he's a wonderful, wonderful actor. And, and he's awesome, and he agreed to be a, a part of the CVAs this year, too, and he's, he's, I love him. He's, he's, he's incredible. But... Uh, I think you're in a kind of a unique position. You've made such an, uh, you know, an imprint and that's your face up there as Voss. And now people that are, you know, culturally aware of video games and played Far Cry 3, which was one of the best games made last year. Uh, you're so famous from that game and that character that, that they're connecting that character to your other on screen where I'm sure you must see that with Orphan Black footage as well. I, yeah, they do actually. You know what it is? I think it's because I think, um, Far Cry 3 and Voss was one of the first times that Ubisoft had, 
you know how they call them usually voice actors yeah they, they just record the voice but this is the actual first time that we actually played the character um voice body face everything simultaneously so it wasn't so much a voice uh a voice gig but it was a full-on full acting uh uh gig and it was um and the character actually was based on the liking of the actor yeah so i think that's what sort of sort of um connected the dots between the actor and the character because people actually saw this character in yeah. this very big franchise it's, and then realize that wait a minute it's the actor it looks exactly like the character yeah so it, they had a they made a, um, a connection to it and then we went on and we did the far cry experience web series where it was actually i was actually boss in real life dressed as him and i had the haircut and everything and that sort of cemented the um you know it's the association of boss to the actor so, I mean, do you think you could just now take a, a, a script and sit in a recording studio and just do the voice work for something? Or do you think that would feel weird for you? You know, I've never, I've never in my life done voice work, ever. I mean, even Sean White skateboarding was full mocap, but the, 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 the character wasn't uh, based on my liking and they weren't able to transcribe all the facial movements because the character was moving around a lot, so the comedy didn't translate very well. And uh, when we got to Far Cry 3, the technology was so good that it did then. Yeah. I've never done voice work before, um, but um, I'm always open to new new challenges and everything like that. But I have to say, my, my passion is really um, acting. Yeah. Well, you know, Michael, I got a chance to uh, spend some time with you, and I think I'm not overstating anything here by saying that we're friends now. I mean, I've, I Facebooked you, but you haven't Facebooked me back, but that's okay. But, I don't remember you Facebooking me ever. I didn't really, but I will after the show. But listen. He's the king of virtual guilt tripping. You're super nice, and you're a nice guy to spend time with, but obviously you also are able to tap into something inside you. You know, we're looking at Vic the Dick on Orphan Black, and we're looking at the sociopath of Voss. This very violent music video that you've done too. Yeah, how do you, where do you find this stuff inside you? Because on the outside, you're you're such a nice guy. You just seem like you want to buy everybody ice cream and yeah, talk about rainbows. You, you pulled a fucking knife on Elias. Where does that darkness come <laughs> yeah, from? Tell us about the darkness. That <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Still, you're sticking to that story. Someone planted the knife. Yeah, thank you so much for that. That's very kind of you. Um, well, first of all, I think... Um, being nice is not something that I think people should be, should distinguish people. I think, I, I think everybody should be nice to everybody. That's my personal opinion, especially in this business. It's such a collaborative. You hear that, Scott? Um, I'm nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's such a collaborative uh, business. It's such a fun, uh, such a privilege to be working in an industry like that. There's no reason to be, to be uh, not nice to anybody. And I love what I do, and that makes me very happy. When it comes to creating um, characters and art and projects like that, um, I think I just try to, as much as possible, be involved on a personal level as much as I can and to really try to get to the, um, to the root of, of what it is that the character and the, the story is trying to express. So the level of seriousness and the level of commitment becomes a lot higher. But that doesn't mean that um, that uh, you become another person. It just means that for that moment between action and cut, you um, you try to express 
those emotions as as honestly as you can right hoping that uh other people will sort of find a common ground to what it is that you're trying to express what was the last mean thing you did in real life the last mean thing i did in real life did you do anything mean today did I do anything mean? To, actually, today I've been I've been in the editing studio all day, so I haven't had a chance to be mean. Oh, you've been creative all day. Well, you might have been cutting out scenes of other actors' work. That's <laughs> all. That's always mean. Take that, to Fexus. <laughs> Funny when I when I do my own work, I actually try to as much as I can to make everybody shine because that reflects the the, the project as a whole. So my priority is to make sure everybody looks good. Awesome. Did you, what did, I mean, where did you get this discipline from? Is this something that you've just picked up with over through the course of your life or did you get some good training along the way? Where, you know, to be honest with you, I, I've been actually extremely undisciplined my whole life. I, I've hopped around wanting to do so many different things. I thought I was going to be an athlete and a poet and I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And then when I discovered acting, I was in my mid twenties, early mid twenties and um, something strange happened to me. I was on a plane and uh they were we were going through a really heavy um heavy storm like a very a lot of turbulence and uh, i was very afraid i thought i was going to die and um i thought to myself two things popped into my head the first one was uh was i an honest genuine nice person a good person and i mean forget other people's perception was i a good person in this life that was the first thing and the second thing is have i accomplished anything and uh, those two things really drive me every day. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, you, you had <laughs> you, you, long pause. No, but it's. I mean, we we don't get heartfelt comments too much in Vic's. I can't basement. speak when my heart is in my throat, Michael. No, I th I think that's something we can all relate to. I think we've yeah. all we've all been on planes in the middle of the night, and you start to hit a bit of turbulence, and you're like, "What does it all mean? What am I, exactly. what am no, I, I doing?" Mean, yeah. For, for me, that was a bus trip that my uh, my girlfriend at the time and I were taking through Mexico, and I was just going back and forth trying to figure out what the hell I was going to do with my life, and it was in my 20s as well. That's, uh, that's powerful stuff, man. That's like taking a choice afterwards, right? So what happens? Yeah, it's absolutely. The, pl the plane lands, and then you call an agent. What'd you do? No, I, um, I think it, it just, you know what? There's a story. There's a, there's a story. I don't know how much time we have here, but I'll, I'll try to make it quick. And I think this was a very important story for me. It's a story about this guy who used to live on an island, on a very small island that was very um, self-sufficient. And no one ever left the island. And no one was ever allowed to leave the island. And he was very afraid that uh, to propose or to think and out loud that there was something beyond that island. So every night he would sneak out of his house and he would put his clothes under a rock and he would swim in the night in the ocean as, as far as he could, as strong as he could. And he would come back before sunrise, put his clothes back on and run back home. And no one ever knew. And he did it for about four or five years until one particular night, he took off all his clothes and he started swimming. And the wind was blowing stronger than, it's ever, than it ever was. And it kept taking him further than he's ever been. And he kept swimming and swimming and his muscles got stronger and stronger. And he got to a point in the ocean where he had never been. And he knew that the chances of having such strong winds in his favor are very, very rare. So he had to make a decision in the middle of the night, in the middle of the ocean, does he swim back to shore where everybody is, or does he continue swimming knowing that he could possibly, one, never ever come back to shore, and two, he has no idea what he'll find if he finds anything. 
And I think that's sort of the, the, the situation that I found myself in. Mm. And um, to answer what he chooses to do is, I think, in a way to answer what you choose to do in your own life. And I choose to swim. Well, that's, that's acting for you right there. You know, I mean, that encapsulates the, the, the leap into it because it's, it, it's treacherous waters to be an actor. You know, I mean, what, what, what advice would you give to uh, people that are interested in, in doing what you're doing? I think that I think I would give the same advice to anybody, whether they want to be a plumber or an astronaut or, or an actor is um, I think really listen to your heart and follow your heart because your heart will never stray you wrong. You, you might make mistakes, you might fail, but you'll never, ever, ever regret taking a step in the direction of your heart. Well, this is the most moved I've ever been in the basement today. This, oh, I feel, I know, I seriously, we don't usually get this sort of into the heavy, real stuff, but this is, this is life, this man. This is great. That's why, this I love is why this, story. this podcast I like was created. You should man. do books on tape. And they don't even make tape anymore, but I would listen to you read anything, the yellow pages. But, but, but listen. I'm just saying what I honestly, honest to God feel, you know. A lot of times people do these these interviews and it's all about sort of trying to sell yourself or trying to promote and plug. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I do that as well. But, but Tufexis does. <laughs> I hate that fucking guy. I know. What <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but, but I think I, I always tell myself these are opportunities to express yourself as well, as honestly as you are, as you do it in your work. Well, Christ, Which you're you're an interesting friend. person, man, and people want to know what drives you, you know. So this is this is gold. So thinking about this Michael's story, which is a terrific story, yeah, and I believe it qualifies as a metaphor. Yeah, I would swim back to shore, only I would look for my clothes, and I wouldn't be able to find the rock under which I hid my clothes. So I would just wander around naked for the rest of my career. Okay. You might get a very serious sunburn. Oh, I thought it was dark in the story. That's why you I know, couldn't... But the sun rises as soon as you get back to shore. Why does he hide his clothes under the rock? Because he doesn't want anybody to find them. Come on, it's not that hard to figure this one out. <laughs> it's just fun to think about, that's all. I haven't done any thinking in a long time. It's, it's you you, you a, stuck him at the, the, the nudity. You got him all freaked out there. It's like, guy's naked? <laughs> nudity sells, right? So got... <laughs> that's right. No, I think it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor for society. You know, you either yeah. choose to live by the, by the, um, the conformity and the sort of um, boundaries that were that are sort of uh, conformist yeah. or you choose to live your life. Um, I don't want to say taking risk or as an individual, cause that would be insulting someone who chooses to live his life differently, which is not at all what I'm doing, but, but you know what it is. If in your heart, you feel like um, something is, is missing. Yeah. Then I think that's a voice that's worth listening to. You just, I think I think I think success is happiness. Yeah, you just can't live with regret, right? You can't go through your life thinking about all of these things that you might have done and and feel disappointed in yourself. I mean, that's yeah. that's really the core. And I think the other side of that message too is that uh, there is a conformity in being able to collaborate, you know, and being a, a risk taker, but also recognizing that you have to do something with other people and that you absolutely oh, have to do that as an actor. Otherwise, that's something I learned that's something I had to learn, to be honest with you. Yeah. I had to, to collaborate um, on projects. I was so personally involved um, when I started off that I, I had a lot of trouble um, with people's sort of um, lack of commitment. Right. Sometimes, you know, in the business, you, you have a lot of people who don't, 
don't really care you know for them it's just a, it's just a regular job yeah i like to fix this this is gonna be his favorite episode <laughs> You know, the the reality is the whole reason, I know I'm joking about not being able to find my clothes and wandering around, but the reality is the whole reason why we're talking is because all three of us have kept swimming. Yeah. And we're still out there swimming. Totally. Trying to find... And you, and you meet each other up there, Neil. You know, there's yeah. a book by Paulo Coelho. It's called, it's translated from Portuguese and it's called Warriors of Light. Um, and it's a it's a wonderful, really simple book about these people who sort of, I think, I mean, I don't want to speak for Paulo Coelho and, and sort of link him up to that story, but, I, but to me personally, that's kind of what it is. It's these people who sort of recognize that they're, they're trying to make the world, um, and this is going to sound really cheesy, but they're trying to make the world a better place and they're starting with themselves by, an honest, uh, by honestly listening to their own hearts and right. doing the right in their own hearts. Awesome. I mean, that's why we're here. You know, we should be contributing. We should we should try to impact the world in a positive way. And I, yeah, and, and, and I want to say something, too, just before we, we sort of wrap this up. I'm not saying at all. And this is very important that I am any kind of that I'm a role model or that I'm an honest person or that, um, you know, I'm someone that's following their heart 100 percent. And Lo and behold, you know, this is what everyone should do. I'm not, I'm, I'm extremely, I'm an extremely flawed human being and I'm aware of that. So it's not, uh, I don't want it to sound like, you know, but I'm, but I'm, but I think, I think I'm, I'm aware of how fake I am sometimes. And that sort of bitter feeling is what forces me to as much as possible to stay real and to try to, you know, whenever I stray from it, I try to go back to it. Right. So I'm not in a position where I'm, you know. We, I, I've still got a lot to go, basically. We get it. You're on the journey. We do. Yeah, we do. When we you're, understand you're, it. You're an, you're an artist, and that's uh, that was very clear from the outset. As soon as I met you, we did a run through this little behind the scenes story at the CBAs, and uh, you didn't like the script at all. The whole fucking thing out the window. You wanted to rewrite the script. <laughs> that was mine. No problem. That was didn't, also that was didn't sting at all. Dick's words. You're like, that's no good. <laughs> Let's move on. And so we rewrote the whole thing, and that's what we ended up doing on stage. Is is our revised version? But I liked that you wanted to bring that kind of improvisational intensity to yes. the experience. Yes. And, and I think you you want to make everybody around you uh, a little bit better, and, and that that was obvious even in the just the cursory way that we all work together. That's how I here. love to work too. I love to see people just uh, you know wanting to contribute and wanting to own it, you know, and really feel like they're they're throwing their stuff into this so that they feel proud of it. I mean, that's yeah. that's the biggest you know win you can get. I had a teacher in theater school. His name was is is Winston Sutton, and mm -hmm. I don't know if he ever is going to hear this, but he's, he's he was a wonderful, wonderful actor, and he's one of the first teachers I've ever had. Actually, he's the, one of the only teachers I ever had because I didn't really take anything beyond theater school. And um, we did a scene once, and um, everyone thought it was that the scene worked, and they were everybody was happy with the scene. And he took me aside and he asked me, "How did you feel about it?" And I said, "In all honesty, I didn't like it." And he said, it's because you didn't give your all. If you gave your all, you would never regret it. Right. And I think that's a lesson that I sort of took to heart is um, when you care about something, whether it's in a relationship or friends or whatever, the more you care about it, the more you should give. And, and in, in a strange way, I think that's what sums it up to me, sort of giving is receiving. Because when you give everything and you have nothing left, you have this 
you're, you're filled with this immense sense of uh, satisfaction. Yeah. So I think that's... Uh, Did you feel that with Far Cry? Um, I think with, with Far Cry, it was kind of, it was a very strange journey. I think there was, there's so much to Voss that I, um, that I feel is, is still unexplored. Mm. I think it's a character that, in my opinion, that has, um, there's so much, there's, there's this incredible sense of, um, uh, how do I say it? There, there's. He, he has this, he has no fear to believe or think or do anything. And at the same time, there's, there's a, there's an intelligence there yeah. and there's a scary rationality in his insanity. So I think there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff to, to explore, whether it's with this character or another character similar, but I was, I was definitely satisfied with working with Dan Hay and the Ubisoft people. Yeah. And uh, the experience as a whole was extremely satisfying. I felt like I was really part of a family. How did you experience the work that you did for the game? Did you play through the game and then see yourself in it? Or did they cut together pieces of the game and show it to How did you discover <laughs> Voss? Um, the first time I saw him was at the E3. I saw him through the internet. I wasn't there. Yeah. And, I, um, and I hated it. I hated it at first. I, and I think that's sort of my reaction with almost everything I do. It's always, I always see the negative in everything. I, I never see the positive. I just, it's almost like I wait for that moment where I feel like something went wrong and that would just eat me up. So that's kind of how it felt with Voss. And then it's, it's people's reaction that sort of made me go revisit it and then realize that actually, you know, there was something worth watching there and there was something worth exploring there. And then I went up and I did, I shot the whole scenes uh, almost a year after that monologue. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I discovered them through, sometimes through interview, we did world, we, we did, we went around the world for press, so they would show some scenes and then sometimes through um, YouTube, someone would sort of send me a scene or something like that. So you're not playing the games then? Well, I, I, um, I didn't play the whole, I didn't finish the whole game. And the reason is I'm really bad at it. So I have a friend, <laughs> of, mine, I have a friend of mine who loves games and I kind of sort of sit through him playing it. But he finished the game and uh, I wasn't around. So I didn't see, I only saw the ending uh, through people showing it to me on YouTube and stuff like that. But yeah. I didn't play through the whole, whole thing. What, what does it feel like to see you on the cover of that thing? On the game? I mean, you're the, you're the box of Far Cry 3. You know what? I mean, in a way, in a way that's true. But in a way, it's such a collaborative um, effort that I feel everybody's work is, is on that cover. I mean... You know, yes, the actor, yes, I helped create the character and then he looks like me and, and I brought a lot to it, but they created the whole character with me as well. You know, it was, it was their energy was the Lucien Soulbon and Jeremy's writing. It was the Dan Hayes sort of uh, production drive and, and Henri and everybody. So it, it really is a collaborative effort. Like I say, it's like feeling that you're part of this wonderful family. Awesome. And uh, you kind of want, you're, you're all in the boat together. And Dan Hay, the producer, who's also a friend of mine, is leading us. And he led us to a, a 9.2 or 9.3 on 10 video game, which is a wonderful thing. Yeah. 
You know, I think this is without a doubt the deepest, richest, most soul edifying, fortifying with vitamins and minerals for your spirit episode we've ever had. Absolutely. Of the basement. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it takes us we to a different a level, man. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We, did. We, we need this kind of thing. Hey, you, you've got to connect with, if you haven't already, I know you're a Montreal guy, but Sam Witwer is kind of in a similar position to you. He was. Uh, Star Killer in the Force Unleashed games, and they used him and, and his performance capture and put him on the box. I think you two are like two, that's it. It's a very exclusive club, you know, where you're on the box cover playing yourself in a performance or, or a character that you've created and imbued like that. It'd be pretty cool. Have you met yeah, Sam? Uh, yeah, I hope you get me is, I, I, I'm not really, I'm not too familiar with a lot of, of the gaming uh, stuff, but um, please do send me his contact. I'll, I'll, I would definitely, it wouldn't hurt for sure. Yeah, he's he's on Being Human right now, on, and it's shooting in Montreal, so he's out there all the time. So should we pull him up out of the uh, out of the well? Star Wars, I think I saw the Star Wars trailer. Yeah, that's him, right? He plays the uh, I think Luke Skywalker. Was well, it? it's it's Star Killer. It is it, yeah, okay. No, I I saw the trailer. I don't know him personally, but I remember uh, someone at Ubisoft showed me the trailer. It blew my mind, man. Yeah, yeah. And oh my god, I think. I think I've never been so excited about about any industry as I am about video games. It must be pretty it's trippy. Immense. It's immense. Yeah, because it's like you're, you're going to perform this stuff in real time and then it's going to be taken, interpreted and, and augmented. And then you get to see it all happen and, and you can see your face in there and your performance in there. But then they, they add all of this other stuff to it. It must yeah, be but it's, crazy. It's not even, just on, it's not even on, on, a, on a performance level. Just I think... I think it, it it has the potential to embody every single possible art form that you can think of. Mm. It can have dance, acting, writing, poetry, photography, painting, music, lighting, and and it adds an extra layer, which is inter, uh, kind of like what theater is, which has the audience sort of um, interconnecting in some way. Right. And um, I think it's a it's a art form with uh, tremendous tremendous potential and i feel like uh yeah i'm just really happy in, in, to be to be a part of it and i think the fans in this art form are very clever awesome very intelligent so it's it's great well video game companies need to hire michael mando put him oh, in some cool you. roles side about video games is he lies to fexus <laughs> <laughs> well we're working on that with this podcast we were trying to eradicate his name from the industry again, he never asked for this right? <laughs> no he didn't he never did so let's pull him up out of the hole and uh, send him on his way well not not he without us... him telling us where where we can see him next what's coming up for you okay um what's co- well like i have an episode of orphan black episode six yeah uh, that's airing this saturday mm-hmm. i have a music video that we just released a week ago called gone mm-hmm. it's on youtube and uh, i have a guest starring on rookie blue and and uh, the listener which are coming up this summer and a movie that actually is released today called the good lie starring uh, uh thomas decker and matt craven i hope i pronounced his name right he's a wonderful actor awesome it's called the good lie yeah so that's uh, me plugging myself right there and the colonies out in theaters right now oh, yeah, too the Colony, right yeah. i have a small bit on that it's a wonder it's a wonderful film and uh Really nice performances. Jeff, the director, did a wonderful job, and Lawrence Fishburne is wonderful in it, and so is Zach. So, uh, yeah, it's a good, it's a really, it's a fun film. We got to get you in a superhero movie and one of these these Marvel ensemble movies that they keep making down there. Get you down to Hollywood, man. <laughs> cool, man. All right, we'll we'll work on that. Scott, we'll make that happen. <laughs> 
Michael, I'm going to work the phones now, and uh, you should be hearing something soon. Hey, listen, it's a... 15%. 15? Shit, I was going to ask for seven. I'll take 15, though. Okay. Thanks so much for your time, Michael. My pleasure, guys. Listen, Vic's mom needs a ride. She she has her bowling tonight. Can yeah. you uh, drop her oh, down at Grandview? Yeah, sure, man. Okay, you're the best. Mom! My pleasure. Mando's going to give you a ride, Mom. It's all good. Get your shawl on! <laughs> Speak soon, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Michael. Take care, brother. Right. Well, that that was all kinds of awesome right there. Wow. That guy is incredible. Wow. All I can say is We were is, graced. Wow. I got to tell you, there were a couple of points in that conversation. First of all, he's a very attractive man. Right. But we and, could just uh, hear him. No, we, you, we, he, was down, he was in the basement. Oh, right. He was in the basement. Ooh, shit. I, I blew our, <laughs> our illusion. The fourth and fifth wall <laughs> blown out right there. But uh, he's a very attractive man. But when he starts telling these stories. Yeah. I just, I was transfixed. I yeah. forgot that we were supposed Are, to be having a conversation. You, were you imagining you and Mando on that island together? No. I, you were, weren't you? <laughs> Taking two, your clothes off. We were out there swimming together. Putting him under the rock. But at a, at a distance. What's at a that safe a metaphor distance. for? Huh? We Put can't you. touch you. We're too far apart to touch <laughs> if we're swimming. All right. This is getting all but kinds of weird. No, he's, he, like, I, I just felt like getting down and, and getting into like one of the, you know, just like sitting down and by a fire and listening to Mando tell me these stories. He is, he's real. Like there's something about him and that's what you see in Voss. You see this, this earthiness, this, this uh, grounded human being that doesn't want to just spew bullshit, doesn't want to play a type. He's very unique and, and he's, he's very much, you know, he wears who he is on his sleeve and he presents that and, that's who you meet, and it's uh, that's who you work with. It's incredible. That guy's going to have an amazing career. Well, I mean, that's the thing is you just see that he's just a person who's yeah. trying to find his way through this. He's trying to express himself and yep. find his way through life. And and uh, I don't know. You know, he's he's not a saint. No. He's just a nice man. And he, he I mean, he's in a career that uh, can be incredibly artificial. And I think he sees the artifice in it. And, and I'm he's sure to... he hurt someone today. I'm sure he did something terrible. Yeah. And he just couldn't remember. I wanted to ask him about his thoughts on the Christian Bale blow up thing. He probably cut someone off in traffic. You think? Flipped them off. He does yeah. carry knives around. That is, we have, right. We've we got, have video proof. We have that. evidence of that. Yeah. But he, yeah. what a nice man, though. And I hope he comes back for the uh, the Canadian Video Game Award. I hope he comes back on the in the basement again. Yeah, me too. We should have cleaned up, really. I we, hope, had a, we had a star in here. He's on from black. I know. I hope somebody in the video game industry has the fucking balls and the intelligence to hire this guy and give him lots of good work, because he's great. Thank you, Michael Mando. Mm-hmm. Stitcher and iTunes. Do we still have to stay say Stitcher? Is yeah, that we're something? on Stitcher. That's we're, a thing. Where else are we on? What else? What can, is Stitcher? I don't, I don't even know what it is. I just know, shout it. Google Vix Basement. If you're not already listening to this, yeah. then how would you have heard this? But if you're not already listening to the <laughs> Google Vix Basement, to the people who aren't listening to this, <laughs> this is this attention. Is, yep. Just uh, see if you can find us on the internet and listen to us. We don't need to make it weird at the end of the day because you made it weird at the beginning. We started weird. And in the middle. We got weird. This one goes and Mando out. was a bit weird. This goes he, out. He was awesome, but Today's it was also episode weird. dedicated to Dean Kane. You know who was the fucking weirdest? <laughs> Elias Tufexis. Fucking that guy. Weird. You know what? I got a restraining order. Right. I don't want him near me. See you next time. Mm-hmm.